Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Green County program here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network, brought to you today by Jefferson A&W Family Restaurant. This is Coltrane Carlson, and our guest today is our State Senator Jesse Green joining us once again. So thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. You bet. Well, one of the big sticking points that started up at the beginning of the legislative session and continues to be an overall talking point is the uh, current mm, changes, amendments, all kinds of stuff that's been happening through the legislative process concerning the area education agencies. And so uh, can you just give us kind of what the, the update is on the Senate's version of that bill? It'll be interesting to see if the Senate passes it out. This past week, you saw that the House passed out a SSA number, uh, what their target is of 3%. And, and so all these issues are tied together in some way, shape, or form. Within our AEA proposals, there's a teacher salary component. And so each issue is, is tied together in some sort of way. In the Senate's new AEA version, it hasn't changed in the last couple of weeks, where we still have a fee-for-service uh, mentality. In regards to how we want to reform the AEAs, this is something that the AEA directors and superintendents and and many different people agree needs to happen. I think most people are in agreement that we are paying more for our services uh, generally than than other states. I do believe we are getting some good results. Uh, Some other data shows that maybe we're less than average on some of our results. But I think most people are in agreement that something needs to get done. And at the very least, some sort of fee-for-service would be a a pretty good solution to driving some of these long-term costs down on special education services. The sticky point that's been there all along has been in regards to some of the oversight and some of the oversight that, that would shift to the Department of Education. I would say that's probably the weakest part of the bill as far as uh, how much support there is in both chambers. So if at the very least this year, if we can do something about teacher salaries and and also uh, some sort of fee for service within empower school boards that way to know what they're spending and, and who they can spend it with, uh, I think at the end of the day, we'll we'll have a pretty good bill if that happens. All right. And then as we uh, kind of go forward from that, I know one bill that you spearheaded, it seemed like a little bit later on in the legislative session. And one of those bills that did not make it through the first funnel week was about uh, public libraries and changing how they would be governed and leaving cities the option to either levy a tax or choose not to levy a tax as the language would be uh, changed there. And because you were spearheading the, the Senate side of this bill, and then our representative Carter Norman was spearheading the House side, neither one made it through the first funnel week. I'd like to know just kind of your initial reaction to not getting that bill through that first funnel week. Yeah, sure. Uh, For one, I think a lot of lessons were learned with this. I probably could have done a better job of having the conversations with my colleagues a few months ago and and to tell them why this bill is coming. Uh, It's no accident that this bill came from Representative Norman and myself. We spotted some issues that were happening within our district, and so that's why we forced a conversation. So evidently, not other legislators around the state were not seeing the same issues that we were seeing within our district. And so naturally, if you can't build consensus that there is a problem, then uh, it's pretty hard to to pass a bill that uh, most look at as a bill that's searching for a problem. And so I understand politically why this went down, but nevertheless, I'm I'm always happy to force a conversation. Uh, The levy portion came up because we talk about property tax reform all the time, and and our local government officials are not very keen on us uh, forcing unfunded mandates on them. And when I talk to my local officials, they talk about the library levy, the six-cent minimum library levy being one of those unfunded mandates. So I just wanted to, to reflect their desire to have this conversation. The irony is is that the average county in, the, in Iowa, it appears that they charge about 15 cents 
uh, per $1,000 on the levy for libraries. And so our $0.06 minimum levy is uh, certainly a floor, but it's a floor that is really just kind of arbitrary. It doesn't really mean anything. So to me, it's it's my what my bill would have accomplished on the levy portion is just having an honest conversation with the voters. We can't be telling the voters that we're not handling our budgets appropriately because the state is uh, forcing us to spend money on things that we don't want. It's just not true in regards to libraries. Most people value their libraries and are obviously charging what they think they need to, to keep those libraries afloat. And so that was the main heart of the bill is to, ha- uh, to force honest conversations about how we tax and fund these services. And then, of course, uh, the last portion that was both in agreement with Carter and I was how the governance of the library boards and uh, the hiring of a, a library director. We wanted uh, the city councils to have the last stamp of approval in regards to that, just to add another check and balance to the system. But uh, anyway, it didn't make it through funnel week, and so uh, we can move on to the next topic and or maybe have a, a similar conversation next year. But nevertheless, I learned a lot through this process about politics, and as well as uh, I talked to a lot of library directors, and I really appreciate their inputs that they provided to me on this topic. All right, and then we shift uh, again here to another Senate bill, that concerns about uh, state agencies being allowed to contract with uh, kind of private CPA companies instead of having the state auditor conduct those audits on state agencies. Um, so uh, kind of a two-part question here for you, Senator Green. First, are you in support of this kind of bill? And then uh, the, secondary, the secondary question I have for you is the opponents believe that this is part of the job that the state auditor should be providing as a nonpartisan office to conduct audits for the state agencies. So First of all, are you in support of this bill? Secondarily, what do you have to say to those opponents that are uh, saying this about um, about this bill? Yeah, first of all, I'd like to say that you know a lot of people look at this as a partisan political somehow a, a political football that we keep doing with Auditor Rob Sands because he's the only elected uh, statewide Democrat, and I, I see why some people would say that. And, I, and one thing I would like to say about Rob Sands is he's been very good about calling me in particular and shedding some light on some of these issues, and and I really appreciate about that about him, and I think he's done a a pretty good job, but. On the flip side, where is this bill coming from? And I think we have to look at some of the facts. And and there's two out of the last three years, Auditor Sands has been late on performing our annual state audit. That's just uh, the reality of the situation. He now has a staff that's under 100 staff, is my understanding. And that is uh, a little bit alarming when our government keeps growing and, and becoming more costly and more complex. And so he has been doing the best that he can to hire people to fulfill those staff positions, but uh, he's now having to to lower some of the standards for some of his staffers in order to get them plugged in and try to keep up with some of this workload. Another thought that comes to mind with uh, this situation is uh, it seems like routinely his department is about a year behind schedule on department audits. So it appears to me that that department is, is overworked. And and so what is one of the solutions? Well, I think one of the solutions could be this bill where local governments use private CPAs all the time to conduct their own audits. You see that within schools, cities, counties. I think we have entered a time and where the state should have this option as well uh, to help with the workload. You see this take place in other states. Every state's a little bit different. Some states don't even have a state auditor. So I think there is some merit to this bill. I don't think it's a political game that people are playing. We have some serious issues when it comes to this backlog of audits that need to be done, and and we're just trying to help the auditor uh, perform his duties. 
And that was State Senator Jesse Green joining us for part one of our two-part series. You're listening to Let's Talk Green County, presented today by Jefferson A&W Family Restaurant on North Elm in Jefferson. Enjoy that delicious A&W All-American food seven days a week, and they're open daily at 10.30 a.m. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network.